Welcome back. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Four Fit Podcast. Did I say that right? It's been so long. That's right. That'll Matt here. We got Big John Stud. We got the J Lo. We had Wild Bill. Oh, there he is. We had Wild Bill's back. Wild Bill, 20 minutes late. Good to see you, bud. Hey. Still got the fresh Hey, man, we've all been late. It's been three months. And I think we owe our listeners uh, an explanation as to why it's been three months. John's been been busy. John's been busy surf fishing, you know, skimboarding, you know, uh, stand-up paddle boarding. Living that beach life. Living that beach life. You know, I think we've all been living the, uh, the, the summer life there for a while. But I'll tell you what, I, 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 me personally, I blame the Philadelphia 76ers for completely ripping my heart out for the 500th time in my life and shitting all over it to the point where I, I just lost all ambition to talk about Philly sports for a while. So, yeah, that's, that's, my, that's my excuse. Take it or leave it, fellas. But – we're back, and um, we've got a lot to talk about. It's good to be back. It's mm-hmm. it's 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 very good to be back. We've got um, we've got some Eagles talk, right? We're all ex- excited about the uh, the new look Eagles. I mean, some of us are excited about it. For, Other people. for for better for better or for worse, right? I mean, there's there's pros and cons, correct? You know, some um, people have more cons, Matt. But yeah, I hear you, brother. Yeah, I you know, I mean. Ooh-wee. Love some 11 points at home against a practice squad defense. Woo! The birds. So we'll 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 get into we'll get into some birds. We'll get into some birds, and we'll also get into you know some non-birds talk. I'm sure. You know, there's some stuff uh, igniting around the NBA that is uh, that it has been kindled by our uh, one of our uh, uh, Sixers players. It seems. Um, Shit's about to get real, and um, I hope it it doesn't really uh, you know leave it to leave it to a Philly player to start all this shit, right? You know, um, and 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 the most non-Philly player on the roster to, to to start this type of type of bullshit that's about to happen. But um, you know, um, we can talk about you know some Phillies or a particular Philly, um. You know, there's there's uh, there's there's mixed emotions over the past uh, couple months that have been going back and forth between the four of us about uh, uh, a particular Philly player that I think the majority of us on this podcast are very pleased with the with the production and the and and the leadership and the and the numbers that have been, that have been that have been produced by this particular player, um, but you know. We'll, we'll let someone else that's not very impressed, you know, uh, explain his side of the story and 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 air out his grievances. Hey, I listen, think, some I of us here are numbers guys, you know. I think we have a lot of grievances to air out, right? Over the past three months, I think we, I, I don't know, like like 
back me up here or, or, or tell me I'm wrong. Like the reason why we took a three month sabbatical is because yeah, the weather was nice, right? Let's get, let's get outside. Let's enjoy life. But at, on the other, you know, the other, the, the flip side of it is like, we really didn't have anything to be fucking happy about or, you know, that was worth like discussing. Right. I mean, we've all been slightly deflated. Right. I mean, we were sold this roaring 20s Philly, you know, Philly sports type of mentality where, you know, the Sixers were going to be in the hunt every year. The Phillies were building towards something. The Eagles, you know, it was the new norm with Doug EP and, and, and the Super Bowl champions, you know, and and it's just it's been anything but that. So, you know, fellas, like back me up there. Like, like we were a little deflated. We yeah. were a little deflated. Like, well, and on top of it, like this, the oh. six, the, like on top of the Sixers, you've got the Phils that would be like, oh, look, we're going to be a competent baseball team for a week, and then shit all over themselves when they would play the Marlins, and it just. It got to be too much. So, well, they're shitting all over themselves against the Orioles, still. Well, yes. I mean, I mean, you say things, Matt, like, yeah, I think we've been sold on this amazing, you know, couple years for a bunch of these different franchises. And I, and I, I mean, I, I don't think I've been sold on any of it. Like, I feel like going the best three years, I think you guys know my feelings on the Sixers. I kind of expected them to be trash based on the last three years of what they've done with their organization. You know how I feel about Bryce Harper and this Phillies team. And I mean, other than maybe the Eagles who, how do you feel about Bryce Harper and this Phillies team, John? I don't think our listeners really know. I mean, we <laughs> might know, we might know, but I think you need to put it out there for our listeners to really get the, the full breadth of, of, of what's going on in your mind. I'm just, Listen, I think I think this team, the I'm way listening. it's, the way this. Well, I don't want to bore our listeners. We've argued about it before. I just don't think that Bryce Harper, three hundred million dollar right fielder, is. Uh, although he, I'll, I'll give it to the guy. He's playing well, but uh, this team has a pitching problem. It's always had a pitching problem, and until that gets fixed, I don't care if uh, Bryce Harper turns into Barry Bonds and starts hitting seventy home runs a year this team isn't going to get into the playoffs. So you need more than just a, a right fielder who is playing really well to win a world series. Um, that's just my opinion on it. I, I think they should cut their losses with them and get rid of them and, and trade, trade something for them. Now, why his value is up high because you're, so, he's already, go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no. Finish, but I don't want. I mean, listen. The, the Phillies are done. The Phillies are done. There's no even sense even wasting. Well, the Phillies are what they are at this point, right? The Phillies are what they are. So, what happened with the Eagles? The what Eagles are the certainly. Re- the Eagles are certainly in a real bit rebuilding mode. They're they're giving this 2021 season to Jalen Hurts. They're throwing him the keys, and if he could drive the car, it, it's his car to have. If not, then. They have picks and, you know, uh, cap space at some point to uh, go out and get someone. Um, but I think that's, you know, it, 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 like I said, it's his car to drive. You have a young coach, young coaches, um, you know, a lot of young players, I think, now. I mean, going back to when we last had a podcast, which seems like years ago, 
I mean, we talked about, you know, which, which guys on this team would we like to keep? And, you know, a lot of people say none of them, but I mean, based on the last two games, I mean, I think we got a pretty decent team. I mean, yeah, we're not lighting the world on fire. We're not going to go 16 and one. I don't certainly don't think we're going to go one and 16 either. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, there's at least they got some light at the end of the tunnel. There's some, you know, fun young players like Gainwell looks like he's going to, I mean, I don't think Gainwell is going to be a, an all pro or anything, but I think Gainwell is going to be a, a guy that can stick around and help this team win some games. It's better um, than Boston Scott. Yes. He's better than Boston Scott. We're going to Landon Dickerson in his first, in his first game didn't look bad coming in cold playing, playing his unnatural and unnatural position to, to him. Um, that, so that good look good. My Lotta has looked like a force of nature since coming in. So, I mean, that's great. You know, there's some really good things like our secondary is for the most part, slowing guys down. We don't have any takeaways this year. I'd, I'd like to see a takeaway or two. The biggest, the two biggest issues on this team for me is that Derek Barnett still has a job and <laughs> cause he's a, a giant piece of shit. Like he's had eight personal fouls that have in his career that have restarted drives. And again, this weekend, it would have been third and 18. And instead he has to be a fucking dickhead and tackle and shove a guy out of bounds from behind, like after the play in front of the ref. Mm -hmm. Like if you're going to be a shithead, there's, there's a time and place to be a shithead, maybe not right in front of the ref. Um, and, and the fact that he's still, not only that he's still in the roster, which I get, but they didn't even pull him out for that fourth down play. They didn't even pull him out of the, out of the game. And I understand BG was down at that point. I don't care. I would pull him out. Like what kind of fucking undisciplined message are you saying where you can do something dumb like that and fuck the team and there's no consequence at all, but it's okay. Go back out there. And you know, the other, the other big issue is our, our linebackers, our linebackers are, are a legitimate issue. But to John's point earlier, we're going to have a lot of cap space and we're gonna have a shitload of draft picks. So we'll be able to fix that for next year. But for right now, it's a concern. I'm, I'm sure Nate Gary will come cheap. Listen, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to hit you heavy right now with oh. where I am with the Eagles. And, and to John's point, we're rebuilding. So let's just keep that in mind. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the expectations... Listen, my expectations are very low this year. My expectations is, let's let's find out, let's make sure Devontae Smith is a a player. Let's make sure that Gainwell is something to to build on in in, in our running back core, which, Jesse, I think you've you've noted, you know, he's he's not going to light the world on fire, but he's going to help us win games, right? I think it's we're at that point in our in our in our franchise right now, or their franchise right now. I'm not gonna say ours. It's their franchise, the Eagles, where we're rebuilding. We're we're finding the pieces to get back on the top of the mountain. That being said, I don't think the Eagles win a game until October until Halloween against the the Lions. So we lose to the Cowboys. We lose, we get embarrassed by the Chiefs. We lose by the Pan. We lose to the Panthers. We get embarrassed by the Bucks. We we lose to the Raiders. 
we we pick up a win against Detroit because they're that bad. Um, Chargers beat us. Broncos beat us. Saints beat us. We might beat the Giants. We get beat by the Jets. Washington's going to beat us. And we probably split with the Giants. We split with Washington and the Cowboys beat us again. It's going to be ugly, guys. Like, I, I really don't think this team is going to win a lot of games this year. That being said, it's not about winning games. It's about finding out what kind of talent we have on our team. Is Jalen Hurts the guy, right? And I think, unfortunately, when you lose that band in a city like this, it, it's it he's going to be run out of town. So we're going to be in the market for a quarterback. We're going to have to figure that out during the draft. And to what you guys said earlier, we're going to have enough picks stocked up that we're going to be able to, you know, move and shake, you know, our way around the draft board to pick up a solid quarterback uh, coming out of this draft who may or may not be the guy again. We'll see. The quarterback quest will continue, but that's my, that's my hard that's my hard assessment for the Eagles this year. Can that I answer said, your question? I'm rooting for them. I'm rooting for them. I hope they win every game, but that's my assessment going into this season. I don't think we win a lot of games this year at all. Can I ask you a question? I think though? we're five-win team tops. I, I guess we don't need to do our picks anymore because Matt just well, rattled them all off. Yeah, well, hold on. Let me ask you a question, though, Matt, because I know I, I I feel though that it's it's a perfect time to ask this question. Are you down on the Eagles this year, based on what you saw last year? What, no, why no, no, no. why are I'm, you so I'm down not on down them? on them? So, so hold on, let me ask that. But but are you okay? Maybe it's not the word down, but. Based on last year and the same thing that happened with Carson Wentz that you're even seeing now today with him and the Colts, aren't you just a little bit more excited to see something other than him again? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see new talent and new opportunities for this team. I'm not I'm not holding any high expectations for us making the playoffs this year, that being said. I think there's too many new things going on, new coaching staff, new players, new personnel. I just think that it's just too many new things. Now, if it gels, it gels. I mean, we've seen it happen, right? But I'm just, it's just, I'm not expecting a lot from this team this year. I'm just not. I, and 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 if we, if we lose all the games we said we would lose, I, I'm not going to be mad about it. Like that's the thing. I'm not going to be mad no, about I, it. I think that's fair. I, I think the fair. I think like no teams one, go through this. Like right. they, they go through this. I mean, and it might be our time to go through it again. I mean, look at all the look at all the good years we had. The Super Bowl year, but not even the Super Bowl year, but the years prior to that, where we were constantly in the hunt. We had leg, a legit team that at any moment, any given Sunday, we could have we could have won the whole thing. We didn't. But we were always in the hunt. I think we were. I think we've been spoiled by that. You know what 100%. I mean? I think, yep. So like, yep. I'm just trying to look at this like, and hey man, like this could be, this could be a dark road for us. But like, let's just make sure that like, at the end of this dark road, there's we see the light and we have the proper places in place for when we see that light and we could just 
we could we could get to the top of the mountain again. You know, I mean, teams go through this shit, man. I mean, you see it in the NFL. It could be a two-year process. It could be a six-year process. I mean, I hope it's not a 10-year process. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, I mean, Sirianni's shown, shown some cool things. I, you know, I mean, who knows, man? I mean, it's just it's just give these guys some time. And it might it might take this season and part of next season to get it to get it to get get it going. And you know, we could be sitting here, you know, two, three seasons from now, which seems like an eternity now, but like we I mean, if if it takes if you're gonna tell me it takes two seasons to get the Eagles right for ten more years to be um, you know, a contender then, dude, sign me up. I'm all about it. I'm ready. I'm ready to wait. Like, you know what I mean? Like, look at what we did with the Sixers. We were so bought into this process, you know? So, like, maybe it's this is the Eagles' turn. Like, this is their process. Let them, let them work it out, you know? I mean, I, I'm fine with that, you know? But I'm, I'm ready to be realistic about this year, you know? I'm ready to be realistic. And, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And I hope I'm wrong. You know, but let's just let's just, you know, I think us as fans, we need to like like the Eagles are, are trying to you know take a different perspective with things with their franchise. Let's let's as the fan as fans, let's try to, like, take a different perspective as fans and just try to be patient. You know, it's hard because we were so we were sold a bag of goods, that new norm, you know, like get used to this. We're going to be we're going to be, you know winning Super Bowls or going to the Super Bowl. And it's like, it's just, you know, it's not that way in the N- in the NFL, man. It's just not. So I, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm always a glass half full kind of guy, but it's, it's just in a different, in a different way with this team. You know, I, I want Jalen Hurts to be good. I want him to, to, to win that starting job. I want, I want the ownership to be like, this is our guy. Like we know this is our guy. We got to get a couple pieces around him and, and, and it will, it, it will, it will turn, it will turn around. You know what I mean? But we'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll definitely see. And same thing with Devonte Smith. I hope, it, I hope we're not tr- tr- looking to trade him in two years. You know what I mean? Like we should be, now's the time to find those foundational pieces, you know, like just like Andy Reid did, you know, to, to have that 10, 12 year run, you know? So I don't know. That's, that's where my head is, you know? I know John, John's, John's won another Super Bowl this year. No, I mean, no, listen, I'm not, I'm not that blind. I mean, come on. I, I, I never said that. I mean, yeah, of course I understand everyone's goals to win a Super Bowl. Sure. But again, with all the factors of being of listen, Coming coming from where we were last year, having to get rid of Carson Wentz, which was a feat until of itself. Yep. To have a guy who you've had in your back pocket for a year, who you drafted, and everyone sort of questioned it. Which I mean, granted, I I questioned it too. Um, and now being able to put a team on the field with a young coaching staff. And sort of not knowing, 
I, I think they're doing an okay job. I mean, I you know, we again, look, we're, we put up, we're one we put, and one. Like we put up 32 points against the Falcons, right? Yeah. Now look, it's the Falcons, right? So beat, shit, beat, beat bad teams. But that's what and, you're supposed to do against bad teams, right? Right. And we weren't doing that last year. So that in itself, I'm just like, okay, like that's that's it's, pos- that's a positive thing. Like that's that's growth, you know. The, the like fight, the fight is simple. It's like round one to Nick Sirianni's point was. Now, round one is like Mike Tyson's punch out. You're starting with the first guy, right? He's easy to beat. Then you go yeah. to the second guy. He's a little more difficult. Yep. You, know, you might win or lose that game. And now I think I think Dallas is an okay team. I, I think their I think their defense is still a little suspect. But again, Monday night hype, division rival. This is another test. Like, and people either ride the cream rises to the top, or we will fail miserably. Um, it's a road game. You know, hostile environment. Division rival again, like we'll see, you know, it'll see how a lot of people react. This isn't, you know, it's not like we're, we're have a cake schedule. I get that. But at the same token, like what, what better way to just get your feet wet from Jalen Hurts perspective is like, dude, this guy's got no pressure on him from people behind him. Joe Flacco is I know Bill jokes about it, but Joe Flacco isn't, you know, competing for him for the starting position for the next five years of this team. And neither is Gardner Minshew. So they set him up to the point where it's his car. Like I said, the keys to the car, they're his. And, and he's got a sort of, Oh, Bryce Harper strikeout. Another great one. Um, But, but I mean, again, it's, it's all on him. And I, I don't think that, you know, it's bad for him to, you know, go four and 12, but I think Matt's right. Like if he does go four and 12, it's going to be tough in this city to, to change the, the narrative. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Here's here's something because we were talking about what happened so far. I mean, for context, like if you look at so last week, we we thump the Falcons. We thump them, and we hold them to six. And the Niners, the Lions scored thirty three on the on the the Niners scored forty one points last week. So then you go to this week. You know, granted, we didn't have a great day. We only put up 11. The Niners only scored 17. And then if you look at the the Falcons, they dropped 25. So, like, mm-hmm. our, our defense definitely has some potential. It just needs to start taking the ball away, you know, maybe once. Like, that'd be nice. I mean, let's not – let's also not be blind to the fact that there were some coaching decisions there and – Again, Nick Sirianni being a young coach and he's learning as well. Like, are we, why are we going forward on fourth down? Let's take the points. You know, let's, you know, th- there's also Jalen Rager who goes out of bounds on a play. You know what I mean? Like, otherwise that, that had been a touchdown. Quez Watkins, you know, he, he has an awesome play down the field and we end up, you know, not getting points out of that. You know, it's like, there's a lot of different two, two corners basically, don't catch a football for a turnover. You know, uh, you guys mentioned Derek Barnett, the Kayvon Wallace play. Like, yeah, if you could have a lot of those back, like it's not like we got blown out. It's not like, uh, you know, the Falcons score, you know, the 33, six and we be on the six end, you know, we had a chance to still win it. And at the end of the game, it wasn't like, man, we were, we didn't put ourselves in a position to not be able to win. We, we were, we were there. We just couldn't, couldn't do it. So, you know, it could be a lot worse, 
and I, and I agree with you, like it could be better. Um, but I think young team, young quarterback. Well, that's is, the thing. That's the thing we're going to, we're going to experience, I think this year. And that's what I'm preparing myself mentally for is like these situ those situations, you know, they're just, some of the guys just don't have enough NFL experience to, to really know how to deal with those situations and the coach too. You know, I mean, you're dealing, like John said, you're dealing with a young coach, you know, he's put in these situations as a head coach, he could have experienced these situations, you know, not as a head coach and, and not have the responsibility that he now has. So we just need to give, it's just give these guys time to experience these things, to live through certain situations. I mean, it's just, you know, Hey man, they, they could catch on by week eight. They could catch fire and who knows, man, they're, they're, they're off to the races. I'm not expecting that. I'm just not, I'm, 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 I'm rooting for them to win every week, but expecting what I saw against the 49ers all throughout the year with the expectation of it getting better throughout the year, less and less of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just where I, that's just where I am. I, I also think to your point though, that I think is a very important part. And I think moving forward in the city of Philadelphia as sports fans, we're going to have to change because we do have some this some this sort of um, character not characteristic um, this sort of aura about us. Like you said, this team needs time, and in Philly, that's very hard for some fans. Not saying anyone here, some fans to understand, especially when we live in a world with social media where it's all elevated. The, the you know, I, I think that patience is the key. And without that, especially with this Philly, with this Eagles team, you're going to you're going to get yourself into a really unsettling position as fans here. And I'm just speaking out to all the fans because, like, listen, I get it. You like instant gratification is great, but that's not the way NFL teams are generally created that quickly um, unless it's some sort of Tom Brady goes to Tampa Bay and with all the really good defense that's already been built and he gets to pick handpick players coming over a little bit different story. Philly needs to stop being a little. Yeah. It needs to happen today, 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 today. Sixers, different story. Sixers fans have been, there are a lot of Sixers fans that, that bit and ate that apple of like, this is the process and we're going to be there and it's going to work. And it didn't work. And, I think a lot of people didn't agree with the process from the beginning, like myself and are kind of like, we kind of saw this coming. The Eagles, I think is going to, like you said, it's going to take time. And as a city, we need to be patient for that because in, in the NFL, it's going to take time. Well, and I also think the way the Sixers conducted their, their organization to get into, into the position to rebuild was a lot more suspect than what they do in the NFL or any other, you know, any any other uh, organization or any other sport. You know, yeah, look at the look at the they NFL teams. Tax. I mean, look yeah. at the NFL teams right now. Like you know, Trevor Lawrence, Jesse brought up earlier by Urban Meyer, Zach Wilson. Like he's not playing great. Like, dude, they booed him off the field already. Yeah, like 
then you got like Trey Lance, who he hasn't even played yet, but the 49ers are playing pretty well. Like, so, you know, the good thing about Jalen, which I've said before here is he's cheap from a salary perspective. And he, I feel like he's hungry and I think he wants to show what he can do. So he doesn't have a lot of that pressure of being a number one pick top 10 guy. Like, I, I think that's sort of going to help him a little bit, but we will see again, like, we, we could be in, we could be Jacksonville. I always re- try to remember, like we could be Jacksonville. We could be the jets. We could be a lot of other organizations that have yet to find any sort of stability. And to Matt's point earlier, like for years, this team with Andy Reed going back, we've had stability, you know, chip Kelly. We had a little bit of stability there, very short. And then with Doug and we won the chip. Um, and now you just hope that maybe, I don't think Nick's going to be here for 13 years, but if he is, and he's the, the, you know, the greatest of all time, maybe, I don't know, like we'll see, you know, time will tell. I mean, it seems like the players like Sirianni and I mean, the whole locker room loves Jalen. So you're in a great situation and, you know, he made a lot, Sirianni made a lot of mistakes in this game but it was refreshing when you heard his press conference, the way that he talked about everything. You know, you, you never got that sort of honesty from from Doug or from Chip or from from Andy, where he talked about the plays and what he, you know, in, you know, he you would never hear that. That, that sort of I, I probably shouldn't have called that play or I wish I didn't call that play. You know, you you never hear that stuff from some of the other coaches that we've had. So the fact that he's willing to come out there and and be like, "That's on me, my bad. I I have to do better at that. I have to do better." You know, it, it's refreshing. So maybe maybe he learns from it, and you know, he makes a better use of of our players and utilizes them a little bit better, and and we come out. And you know, to John's point, the. the 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 Cowboys defense is a trash fire. So we might be able to put some points on them. And, you know, I still don't believe in, in Dak's arm being able to stay attached to his body for an entire year. So we'll see what happens with them. But, you know, it, and, and again, you know, to, to Matt's point, we're going to have, this is going to be a learning experience. And, and I think that's fine. And um, we'll we'll see what we've got on the team. We're gonna have a shitload of draft picks. Um, if they can reattach Wentz's three feet with that, with all the dis- sprained ankles, you know, maybe he'll be able to hit the the thresholds to to get us a that first round pick. But I mean, the Dolphins look like hot garbage and just lost their quarterback, so that's probably going to be a top ten pick. And you know, our natural pick will probably be decent and then you know if if Carson can get healthy enough you know to play I mean three first round picks with one of them being maybe a top five might be able to go out and get like get yourself a you know a legitimate a legitimate player on that defense to to shore up uh, a linebacking core that is so atrocious one of us could probably lace them up and and play in the middle because Singletary isn't or Singleton isn't bad, but he's the only one that 
if he's the only guy, only guy that makes it to next year on the linebacker core, I'm fine with it. I'm I'm fine with it. I you know that how he regrets that Jannard Avery pick. He got he got pant he got pantsed on that pick. The the guy can't play, and he gave up way too much for him. And uh, but at least now, now they know, so he'll be gone. Um, he made some good plays. He made some good plays. He's not stand out, but I mean, he made some plays last week. This week. So I mean, we'll see. I just love how we're how we're two games in, and we're already talking about the draft, <laughs> like next year's draft. Like for two games in, that ought to tell you something, right there. It just let's, you know. Let's. Well, I mean, really. I was gonna say, just I mean, Jesse's got a, a point there. Like the Carson Wentz thing is big. Like right. Like that was our biggest Achilles heel. No oh, pun intended. Absolutely. Like no, absolutely. With him gone. And us getting some sort of compensation for it, and even yep. more if he does play more, that's better, in my opinion, than what would have been the latter of this situation of maybe Doug staying here with homegrown defensive coordinators and Carson still here, and then what? Like, oh, it would have been know. a shit show, right? So, so at least we've we've fast forward that process. I think you know, not just because I'm a Howie guy, but you know, again, I think there's a lot of pressure on him too. Like, you know, if, if Jalen's not good, I mean, he's got a problem, you know, I think he's got a lot of his chips in the Hertz basket because Gardner Minshew isn't the guy and neither is Joe Flacco. And I sure as hell hope that Deshaun Watson isn't the guy either. So, you know, there will be other guys in the NFL coming next year that will be available. There's Jimmy Garoppolo. They'll be, oh, he sucks. They'll be, uh, Aaron Rodgers are one a new team. There's always talk about Russell Wilson. So there's there's guys that are either they're going to get cut or with the new guys coming in, the new draft picks, they're gonna they're gonna go out the door. So we'll see. But again, I I, I have a feeling about Jalen. I just I, you know, granted this week he didn't play his best game, but you know he's got that extra those extra um, the the characteristic of just being a a guy who can run. I think is always an extra thing to help help a team give another look, you know, another thing. Now he shouldn't really lean on that as much as he probably does, but you know, that last drive to get us down the field, like without his legs, you know, if that was Tom Brady back there or Aaron Rodgers, you know, they don't move up the field very quick, you know? So. And I get, I guess you wanted to hear from Bill because Bill hasn't said much. Bill hasn't said a word. I've, I've chimed in. I've chirped in. Chirped. Our fans want to know, Bill, why you're why you're so down on the team the and team the quarterback. No team has no juice. No the juice. Has no juice. I mean, you know, define juice. Excitement, buzz. I mean, it's. Well, I mean, uh, you know, we, we can go back to the, the beginning of this to where uh, you know we're being sold on Jalen as the guy, but yet. You know, it's alluded to, well, he's the only guy that took first team reps and fucking say he's my quarterback. OK, so don't tell me the franchise was sold on him this whole time, because if that's the case, he would have been named our starting quarterback second week of training camp. So the verdict's still out on him. And as a football fan, if you can't see his deficiencies, then you're just choosing to ignore them. And I, and I think he's one of the most likable guys in the NFL around. I mean, it's, there's no doubt that I, I want this kid to be really good, but you watch his game and there's just 
deficiencies that go way beyond being a rookie. It's just being a professional quarterback to where you see it a lot. You see it with, you know, I mean, you see it with top draft picks and Zach Wilson, um, you know, you, you know, in previous years, you, you know, you got, I mean, Baker's picking up a little bit lately. He's not probably a good example. Sam Darnold's picking up a little bit, but, um, but basically with Jalen, you just, you, I mean, you see a college quarterback who's an RPO quarterback who can't read the defense. And I mean, they said it, I mean, they said it during the game, we, we run 15 plays. He can run 15 plays in a pro offense. I mean, that's a problem. Um, rookie or not in, and I don't think he's not capable mentally of doing it. I think there's just physically, he's not able to assess a defense in a second or two. And that's what you have in the NFL, a second or two. And, and that's, now I'm not, you know, that's why there's maybe 10. I mean, we can go through this on another episode, maybe 12, 13 guys that can legitimately be an NFL like Super, Super Bowl champion quarterback probably in the league most years. So think about it. One out of three teams has a legit quarterback. So by no means is this, you know, our only issue. But you see, I mean, you see it with just how he how he operates is, and it's two games. I mean, it's six games total. The kids, what, two and two and five? Probably should have been three and four. You know, and, and and actually Washington, he could have won that game if he didn't get pulled. So it's not fair to, you know, kind of hammer him on that game. But um, you just see it. He doesn't throw the ball to receivers. He waits for them to be wide open. But that's but it's not going to happen. I mean, yeah, he's 21 for 30, well, you know, great, you know, 37%. But, they're you know, Falcons games, was, you know, was nice. But there was only a couple of real plays that he made. And, yeah, he's a rookie. He's not going to make 20 plays. I just don't see anything other than. He's super athletic and he's got fire and heart, which are great two big components. But I, I, you know, I, I just don't see, you know, us putting him in a, in a position to succeed, even, you know, marching him out there with basically a rookie receiving core unproven. He has no veteran. I mean, he's got Zach Ertz, but Zach's on one leg. <laughs> so it's not like it's Zach Ertz of three years ago. So I, I feel once again, this is supposed to be, his assessment year. And I, you know, I think we're doing to him, what happened to Carson a little bit. It's, there's no talent around him. So what do you want him to do? Like he, he doesn't throw the ball. Like they, I mean, you see it in both games. He doesn't throw the ball. Like as a quarterback does in the NFL, throw it to a spot, throw it to timing. He waits like it's college when a guy is wide open by four yards, it's not going to happen. And it's just because guys don't run good routes. And I'm not shitting on Devontae like he's going to be good. He clearly is. But you can't base your receiving core around a rookie. I mean, you just can't. And that's what we've done. So I think that all leads back to there's no juice on this team because we're running in circles. If he goes four and, you know, if he goes four and 13 or whatever, whatever record, sub 500 and looks mediocre, it's going to say, well, you're probably not the guy or this or, and, and, you know, and is that fair to him? You know, once again, we're supposed to have, you know, a top flight uh, echelon of an offensive line and Barrett Brook, Brandon Brooks gets hurt again. Boom, big hole. Um, Lane Johnson playing like dog shit. I mean, it's just he's going to be like a drum out there. So, you know, it's it's it it, are my criticisms fair with Jalen Hurts? I don't know, because I feel once again, Howie Roseman has fielded a shitty team. And he but he gets a pass because everybody's in love with 2017 
And it goes back to what you said about, oh, we had a good run and, you know, we had, you know, we got spoiled of bullshit. It's been 12 years since we had a good team. We had a two-year spurt in 17 and 18. Take that out, and in 12 years, we're a losing franchise. So I, I think the reality is it's, it's hard to win in the NFL, and I accept that. But this whole give them a pass and this is a building year, bullshit. We were 4-11 and 11 last year. What the fuck was last year? Oh, we went all in. Bullshit. We didn't go all in. We half-assed it because of bad contracts. And I think that's what where I'm at with this team. It's they sold the fan base the bill of goods again. And, you know, I'm good old Howie. Here's the trophy. I did. I did it once. Yeah, you did it once. Maybe you can do it again. But this whole not hold him accountable or give Jalen a pass. And and I'm not shitting on Jalen. I, I, I think he's a great kid. I, I would love for him to be the man. I think it's just how he did, did what he does. He, he, he pulled the wool over a lot of people's eyes. And I'm not saying say you're a sheep if you, you know, or you're being positive with this team. There's nothing wrong with that. But I just choose to see the black and whiteness of it, that we had a good two-year run in 17 and 18. Other than that, we ain't done shit. And it's just being that left. And that's the reality. And that was 13 years or 14 seasons ago. So 13 seasons ago, oh, wait, we, we, we had that run to Arizona in 08. So, I mean, that's how I view it is, is <laughs> yeah, every year they keep raising, raising prices. Every year it costs 10 more bucks for a fitted hat than it did the previous year. Everything keeps going up, going up, going up. And as fans, we pay, and that's fine. But as a fan, I have expectations of fielding a product that could be competitive and win. And we're competitive. But I'm sorry. You know, I, I, I was sold that this management team was building a stable franchise. And that we're going to have back-to-back years of sub, sub-500 football. But this year, everyone seems to be okay with it for some reason. And I'm, I'm just not like, okay, great, go do that. I'm just not. I think it's bullshit. I think we're, we're living on the coattails of 17. And, and the, the, to, the trajectory we're on is in another five years. Well, you know, it's, we had to get rid you know, it's, it's I don't know. I, I, I just don't see the optimism in, the, in this team. We have bad contracts. We have very little young talent to avoid skill positions all over the field. We have holes all over the field still. We have patch. I, it just, and I get it this year. We had salary cap issues, so we're a little hamstrung. But once again, the work of the GM and the ownership group of handing out shit contracts. But hey, you know, as the fan base, we'll just keep paying their, you know, paying the bills. I mean, it's what we do. But that's what I'm saying when I say there's no juice. It's they're selling us a bag of bullshit, in my opinion. I, so, th- I think, good. Okay, I think there's a lot of, a lot of the unpeel on that onion. Okay. No, there is. There is. I mean, I mean, it's not an infallible comment to where, you know, there's not chinks in that armor. But I just strongly feel that in the NFL, you know, with 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 19 and you know, with 20, 21 year old kids starting, Jalen Hurts is what, 23, 24. He was a fifth year transfer. He's a young man. And again, I'm not blaming him for our losses. I think he's playing to the top of his ability. I think he's a great kid. I just see him as a football fan who's watched quarterbacks play and look at quarterbacks play now. And I just, I just don't see he has it. And I think it's confidence. I think as, I think if for as much as he says the right things, you can just see there's a hesitancy to make the wrong play. And as a quarterback, I don't want the other end, like a Zach Wilson making bonehead throws. I'm not them being, being that, 
but I also just don't see a guy in Jalen that feels confident that he can control the pocket. And, and that's, you know, for me, that's a red flag is all. Maybe you can prove me wrong, but through six games, it's been consistent. When he scrambles and a defense plays sloppy and doesn't spy him with a linebacker, he does well. When they put a linebacker on him, we don't do shit. And it's just that simple because same with Kyler Murray. You're talking about it on Sunday when the Vikings only rushed four and put seven in the zone. Kyler had like three interceptions because he couldn't, he can't, he's too small to be in the pocket. He can't see the field really. And I'm not saying Jalen's too small, but I mean, you can just watch the games. It's, he doesn't feel comfortable in the pocket. And I, why do I know that? Because I just watched Carson for the last five fucking years be the same way, not comfortable <laughs> in the pocket. But he really just was a tree. You can see over everything. He just sucked and was soft as baby shit. But, you know, I, I just um, – I don't question his character or likability. I, I would love to see Jalen persevere. I'm just – do six games not feeling like the warm and fuzzies. Like, okay, this guy's like it. Like, to me, he's like a little less talented version of Lamar Jackson. But way more likable. Way more likable. I mean, to, but Jesse, to your- I'll give you Kyler Murray – but like to to bill's point like i don't think this roster is like granted you know i've changed a little bit after watching some of these guys but like both of our lines are strong our offensive line and defensive line is strong i would shoot Derek barnett into the sun but beyond that i think our defensive line is good um i hope so we have like 100 million dollars invested into it being being hargrave and cox and what i mean and 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 you you look at our offensive line, like Mylotta looks like a stud and Isaac is a, is a good, is a good guard. I mean, he's not great, but he's good enough. Kelsey's still one of the best centers in football. Brooks is hurt. Uh, Landon, yeah. did, Landon didn't play terrible. No, uh, he can he be a mauler. I hope he's a mauler. And, and, you know, Lane's been up and down this year so far, but so, but I mean, you've, you've got talent there. You've got a lot of potential in the, in the, the wide, the wide receiver room. You have a ton of potential there. And I mean, the one good thing, I mean, it's never good to be happy about a down season and I'm not going to be happy about a down season. I want to see these guys fight. And I want to see them play hard and, and get better as the season goes on. But if they miss the playoffs, they miss the playoffs, but I would be angry if they miss the playoffs and they don't get better. If there's no improvements, I would I would not be happy. But if they if they if they get nipped at the line for a for a spot, but at least we know at the end of the year that Rager is a player and and Devontae is a player and you know maybe Gainwell's a player or you know some of the some of our other wide receivers who have already this year shown shown some things. So that's that's nice. And you know, hopefully they can continue to grow and improve. And then, then we've got something there and you use all the salary cap space you're going to have next year and you use all of these draft picks that they're going to have next year and you, you do something. And if, to John's point, if Jalen's not the guy, you can go get – I mean, I don't know how happy I'd be about them pushing all in on a, on a, on a Russell Wilson trade or like a, um, an Aaron Rodgers trade because you're giving up a lot of capital for – for guys that don't have a ton of years left on a team that still has holes. 
Yeah, and you're going to have to give up those first-round picks that we're so excited to see them use. Those picks are going to disappear if Hertz isn't the guy. They're going to Green Bay or they're going to Seattle. Uh, so, you know, th- that's what's but, – but, again, at least we'll know. You know, if, if, if Howie uses – if that second-round pick ends up being your franchise guy for the next five to ten years – it's not a bad pick, but in hindsight, if that, you know, second round pick alienates your franchise quarterback, nukes that relationship, blows your salary cap up, and then you f- makes you trade your franchise guy, and then the second round pick can't play, that's not good. You know, that, that means, like I've said it before on the podcast, that's three first round picks and two second round picks and a third round pick used on quarterbacks in five years. That's not good. That's not how you build a winning roster. So I think Bill said it like there's a lot riding on Howie this year. Like if Jalen falls flat on his face, there's going to be a lot to answer for because Lori ain't going to be fucking happy about that check that he had to cut Carson. If they have to figure this out again, the following year. Now, if, if Hertz shows some things and you know, I heard the 15 play call thing and you know, that's interesting. I mean, they didn't – Foles, when he was running an RPO offense, he wasn't running a ton of plays either. We won a Super Bowl doing that. So, he was a guy, though. He was a guy. Um, I mean, yeah, granted, he, he had the probably the best two-game run that any quarterback could ever possibly have in, in the playoffs. Like, I've never seen a guy play better for two games. I, I can't think of a guy who's played better over a two-game stretch than Foles did. So – but – that wasn't with a huge playbook. The the thing that you keep seeing on from Foles or from Foles from Hertz right now is they need to open up that offense. They need to open it up and open up the middle of the field. You know, if if he can't if he can't read the middle of the defense and he can't make those throws because he gets spooked or he's seeing ghosts or or whatever, then we'll find out. But let's sink or swim. There's no expectations. Well, here's the- and. And and to defend it, and I'll be quick with this, so you can jump back in. It's my where where my fear is is we're we're setting this kid up for failure. I mean, the the one thing that gets you know not only say overlooked because we understand we analyze these teams is Nick Folds had a top offensive weaponry at his disposal. Alshon top of his game, Zach Ertz top of his game, Torrey Smith top of his game. He had he had two running backs in Legarrette Blunt and Jay Ajayi playing out of their minds. You know he had he had weapons. He had Nelson Aguilar playing like a first round pick with yeah. ninety catches. So and that's what I fear Jalen doesn't have. He has Devonta, who's I think going to be the real deal. A you know best case scenario, Marvin Harrison two I think that's a legit reality. But he's a rookie, so even if he has a decent year. You know, he, it's, he's still going to have his pitfalls learning how to play in the league. And then you got Rager, who's a yeah, second-year guy with some, you know, with some, with, with, with some flashes. But again, he's learning how to be a pro. So we're asking Jalen, hey, go, go prove it for a year with your two receivers being unknowns. Our Hall of Fame tight end is on one leg and worried about how his hair looks over how play, he plays football. And we have a tight end who, in Dallas Goddard who gets no targets until the last shot in the fourth quarter, which – I don't understand every, how you have a six, seven tight end and he has no targets until the fourth quarter. Once again, shitty fucking play calling. So my issue is coaching and talent around Jalen. 
that he's set up for failure. And I'm going to blame my his shortcomings on him. And once again, there's one man in the middle of the room that I feel is orchestrating all this bullshit. And it's fucking Howie. And that's – but again, he gets a pass because, hey, he told, us, he told us before the season, we weren't going to be good, guys. But it's okay. We won four games last year. We're going to win five this year. To process, to process, the fuck out of here. It's bullshit. It's first bullshit. of all, first of all, I don't think anyone said we're not going to be good this year. Well, I you think, just said, you know, I mean, everyone's saying on the, you know, I have no expectations. What does that mean? You have no expectations. If we're not going to be did. Matt we're said not that. Be but good this year. Our organization didn't come out and say like they would never say that, and and nor would you want them to come out and say that. Like I didn't say they said you that. Told- I think the part of putting on the field is showing that. We have we, we literally have no veterans on our offense other than Zachers, and he's basically he's hurting. Oh, not hurting that COVID now. So I'll ask you the same question, Bill. <laughs> Would you rather have Doug Peterson come back, Carson Wentz here, and Matt Burke as our defensive coordinator, and be three and fourteen or four and thirteen, and have to end this season in the doldrums again of the same shit, or would you have rather have? An expectation, not an expectation. Would you rather have a situation where let's see what we can get out of this guy now, see if he is the guy, rather than lose another year of him and the rest of these these guys around him? Or which which part would you guys rather have? I don't because, know. I feel like at because, this point, I feel because, at this point, if we're totally blowing this up, then I want fresh top to bottom. I don't want to hear Nick Sirianni is a fresh starter coach. Get the fuck out of here. He's how he's up. That's the reality. He's how but the up. but the alternative again. The choices here were Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz, and and that team, or something new now. Cheaper. Let's see what you got. Because yeah, we could have went out there and got Deshaun Watson. We could have went out and traded up for Zach Wilson or Trey Lance. Would that have? Wouldn't we be having the same conversation? Like if if Zach Wilson replaced Jalen Hurts with Zach Wilson, it's the same. It's the same narrative. It's oh well, I don't know if this guy's the if this guy's the guy. He doesn't look good in the pocket. He came from BYU. Like it's the same. It's the same conversation. But you're not paying the guy ten million dollars a year. You know, yeah, he's younger. Okay, check mark there. He's still working with younger receivers. But you don't have Devontae Smith because you you had to trade up to get Zach Wilson. So isn't it a better situation all around? Like I can't see how you can say like it's it's not it's not better than the alternative. It, it it's not better because th- this isn't a quick fix. This isn't like when Doug came in for Chip where where Doug was inheriting half of an all pro roster that just was fed up with chip and needed and needed a new voice in a locker room. And then how we did a great job picking and plucking the, you know, the Tory Smiths and the Jay Jays and the Garrett Blunts. He, he did it. He did it masterfully. He, he filled the holes that needed to be filled because we had a strong foundation with Zach Ertz and, and Kelsey and Lane Johnson, you know, and, and, and Fletcher Cox and, uh, and, and, and not, and, uh, Malcolm Brown, like it's we had the pieces we we have nothing now because Howie did nothing to refill the cupboard so now but, his excuse is oh well i'm in cab hell because you overpaid veterans and didn't have young talent 
to supersede them and let them walk. Mind you, during the era of the golden era that we said we had for so long, when Andy and Joe Banner, what did they do? Never overpaid talent when it was time to let them go. That's how he's fucking MO, is giving out, giving out shit contracts to these guys. So, my, so to answer your question, yes. If we're going to be doing a reset for the next two to four years, I want a new regime top to bottom. And I'm being, I'm being filtered the same regime, but with new little puppets who really don't control enough on this football team to make a change. So when they fail, once again, how we can be like, hey, I don't call the plays. I'm not on the field putting a helmet on. I'm just the guy making sure. No, bullshit. You're the guy who puts in this position from having such a void of young talent that's ready to blossom. But you, but once again, you're saying, hey, it's okay. We knew this was coming. Why is this coming? Like, why is this having to happen? Like, there's no reason for us to be this bad. Like, I don't, I don't see how, how, how like that's acceptable as a fan to be like, hey, we've missed on our last five, six, seven drafts. Hey, it's gonna happen. Uh, I don't want to talk about the draft yeah, stuff. The draft stuff is. The draft stuff is such an old narrative. I'm sick and tired of it. I'm saying we just signed Josh Sweat. We just signed Josh Sweat. We just signed Jordan Mailata all to long-term deals. Dallas Goddard is looking for a long-term deal. If you go back to the last four drafts, we're 60 to 70% of those guys are playing on this team right now. So don't sit here and say, and how much are they winning? We're We're one and one right now. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're one and one, and, and okay. it's a long season. But, but don't sit here and say like, "Oh, here we go again with how he's drafting." Like, no, I'm saying that the, the lack of building our team properly through the draft, signing good free agents. Yeah, he didn't. He's not. He's not zero for twenty on anything. But the reality is, is he hasn't found a quarterback. He sold us on Carson Wentz. I'm not over that. That he was our guy, and 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 whatever that that's done. But now we have a guy that we're saying, hey, this is your year. And if you're not it, well, we're going to draft somebody else. And it's not our far bullshit. I'm saying you're putting shit around Jalen and telling him to go succeed. How is this a fair assessment? What, who did you want to get? Listen, I agree that they need a big outside wide receiver. I think that's one thing this team needs, if that's where you're going with that. But I, I, I don't – well, that's, that's what Jalen Rager is. Okay, we maybe want to catch the ball, but okay. I, I mean, I'm I'm not sold on Jalen Rager, by the way, either. Um, I mean, but what do you have? Six pound return. Well, I, I, I don't I don't understand the reality that some of you guys live in, where a number one guy is drafted in the top ten wide receiver, and he turns into Jerry Rice in his first year. I'm not Everyone, everyone's high on Justin Jefferson. Allen, how is he Every, our best option at receiver as a rookie? How is he our best option? What kind Who's of team a, is that putting on the field? De, are you saying Devontae Smith? Yes. Why? He's our, he's our best passing option. Talent. Okay. How do you go into a season and saying, I'm going to judge my quarterback on his NFL career as a Philadelphia Eagle, and he has a number one receiver who's now played two games in his NFL career. But, hey, I'm going to judge you, Jalen, on your ability, but I'm going to give you no fucking weapons to throw to. But, hey – you know, it's Howie. It's what I do. I get a Jesse. Pass. Jesse, who was Alabama's top receiver last year? Okay. Okay. Well, he was drafted based on talent. He's a Heisman Trophy well, winner. John, I mean, but, I mean, 
to 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 build. I'm not saying you're here to defend Devontae Smith in Alabama, but again, look at the facts of the matter. He was drafted for that position in a top ten. The reality is he's t- drafted in a top ten. Why wouldn't he be the first the the number one option? Okay, he's paired up with Jalen Hurts. Oh, guess what? Jalen Hurts also threw to him in college. That seems like it works. They have a relationship. Let's get them a rapport. Cool. That's better to me than going out and getting, I don't know, the re, Jerry Rice reincarnated wherever he is. Well, no, I mean, we had no money to pay Chris Godwin. We had no money to pay Allen Robinson. Guys, Chris Godwin wasn't going to leave. Chris Godwin wasn't going to leave. I mean, and Allen Robinson ain't that great anyway. We check. If we, how we paid him $15 million for three years, he got on a franchise tag, dude. He 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 had because we had no money, and the, the, and this all I'm saying is, you're saying okay, we'll give the the the, the fan base or Howie whoever we'll give Jalen this year, but I'm telling you this is not a he's playing against a stacked fucking deck, and if you can't see that, I I can't have the argument because you're not seeing it clearly that marching out two rookies as your outside receiver as your number one receivers and JJ Arcega Whiteside, and you're telling me that this is supposed to be a fair assessment of a quarterback. I, I, I mean, seriously, like that seriously, our receiving core and say, Jalen, go do you. Go do you. Oh, you, you're not I mean, any good. Well, we tried, guys. Sorry. We best, can't best, best tight end core in the league. I'll give you that. Now, but here's 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 the thing. Like I get I get Bill's point where I don't. Well, no, I mean, I I get it from a uh, but I also see yours because, you know, you have you have. You invested in the last two years. You invested a lot of capital into Rager and and Smith, so you have to see if they play. And to John's point, if you had gotten a Godwin or, or whoever Robbie Anderson or you know somebody like that, they're stealing touches from those two guys, and you're not going to see what they can do. the 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 flip side of that is currently. Uh, our pudding head coach is not throwing the ball to those two guys nearly enough. I think in this last game, Rager and, and Smith were targeted, what, like five times total between the two of them the entire game? Like, that's unacceptable. You should be feeding Smith. He should be getting 10 balls, at least 10 balls thrown to him every single game. Because if you're putting 10 balls his way, that means the safety is going to have to start shading that way. That means it's going to open up the other side of the field for – for for Rager and for uh, the who's the uh, you know for 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 Gainwell for any of those for our, the uh, the what's the the other that other speedy back that caught that ninety one yard pass that Red we did Quez you know open open it opens up the field for Quez so you know it it's good from that perspective not having a vet to steal touches because that was the thing that I, that, that drew, that drove me nuts with the JJ pick when they made it was they were like, Oh yeah, he's a big body guy. And it's like, well, you just wasted a second round pick on a big body guy when you just gave a big body guy a a contract extension and you offense is predicated on one of those guys on the field. What the fuck DK Metcalf is a field stretcher, you know? So like, those decisions were baffling. This oh, no, isn't. that was Doug. Doug wanted JJ. That wasn't well. No, yeah, I, I think it was Lori. Lori wanted JJ. He fell in love with them, and and you know, Lori has always wanted to be you know on the, you know, I, I'm as smart as the football guys, 
and well, he's I mean, not. like what what wide receivers again did we want to sign? And and to Bill's point, give shitty contracts to old guys. Did we want AJ Green on this team? Did no, we want Larry Robinson. Fitzgerald on this I team? Allen Robinson. We didn't draft him out of Penn State. He's twenty seven. Oh, yeah, I know, John. He's terrible. He's only a hundred yard reception receiver. Okay, he's terrible. I know. I know. I mean, in, in, but the with what's going on this year, I'm I'm fine with what they're doing at wide receiver. I really am. They just need to start getting the ball to those guys more often. Like, period. End of sentence. I don't care if we go three and out. Don't care. I I want to see what Jalen has. I want to see what Devonta has, and I want to see what Rager has because sink or swim, boys. You know, it's it's big it's big boy time, and it's it's time to play. And some of them are going to rise, and some of them are going to, you know, probably some of them are going to sink. So let's see what happens. But we'll be able to judge them over the course of of seventeen games, which still feels weird to say. But we're going to be able to fucking hate seventeen games. We're going to be able to judge this team on that. And you're going to, I I have a feeling that as long as Hertz shows improvement from week to week, you know, at, from week to week, they're going to roll. They might roll with him again next year. If, if he keeps getting, you know, making improvements now, the, the, the and the difference between Hertz from Alabama, when, when he left Alabama as a graduate transfer and went to Oklahoma, he was maybe a fourth round pick. If he had, if he had entered the draft, that year, he, he's he's maybe a fourth round pick, if that, if that, because he was a a spread run first if his first read wasn't their guy, and he goes to Oklahoma, and he blossomed as more of a drop back read and react RPO, but he he blossomed in that making reads and adjusting to what the defense was doing and, and taking shots down the field. Like he, he did very well in those, those situations. And like he dropped a dime to, to Smith in the first game. He dropped a dime to Rager. He dropped a dime to Quez. Like he's got, he's, he has plenty of a, of an NFL arm. Um, but like the, the throw, that terrible throw that he made to, to Smith, in double coverage that was underthrown, that wasn't a factor of his arm. He didn't get his feet set. It was a, you know, he got, he rolled out of the pocket and he didn't, he didn't think he had time to plant and grip it and rip it. And, and that's what messed up the throw and caused the underthrown, underthrown. And Smith still almost caught the damn ball. So, but, so there, I mean, there's, there's things to see from this and we'll get a, we'll get a better read on it. You know, is for the record, too. Allen Robinson is also on a uh, franchise on a franchise tag. Yeah. So, so we can we could certainly go out and get that if that's what you'd like, Bill. We could certainly go next year and go out and get that if we see that's the type of guy that we'd like to have on the outside next to Devontae Smith. Hundred percent. If that's gonna if that's gonna if that's really gonna get your wee wee hard, but you're it still. Would. But, snaps. I, you know, again, would you would you would you rather figure out with would you rather figure out that with Jalen Hurts or would you rather wait till next year 
and draft Spencer Rattler or someone else and go through that process with Allen Robinson on a new three-year, $70 million contract and have him not work out with that wide receiver or that quarterback, excuse me. I'm confused with your question. Uh, I'm, I'm not Well, here's to... my fear. My fear is that Jalen's going to play well. We're going to win five games and we're going to run him out of town and we're going to draft a quarterback regardless. I, th- I, think, I think that, like, Matt, goes back think, to my point about being being patient, and this fan base needs to do that. And I think Bill's point is enough of being patient, and we have been patient. And I'm like, well, this isn't how the NFL works. It's just not. Like, name a franchise that has been – we've argued about this on the text chat all the time. Like, give me a franchise that's that consistent and built throughout, like, the fucking Steelers. And I'm like, are you serious, the Steelers? I'm like, who's their quarterback next year, and how have they been the last ten years? Well, look, never been below eight. This isn't a bias. This isn't never been below eight in the last fifteen years. So that's pretty stable to me. This isn't by a bias opinion or anything, but, but I mean, you but, could you could argue the Seahawks have been a stable organization. Seahawks, have, I'm driving. They haven't. Down. They haven't. What, what has been stable about their in not in, in the last ten years? Even the playoffs. Eight of the last nine years, that's not stable. And they're about to trade Russell okay. Wilson. So, like, and they're, right. Yeah, because he's 33, 34. They've had him for well, 10 years. Well, it's getting about that time. It's getting to be that and, time. I get that. I mean, I think they had their, I never thought we would let McNabb go, honestly. They went through I, their. But it's like Andy Adler just had to go. Just, they just went through their Andy Reid years. I mean, they're that's an anomaly. Just what it is. I mean, they're in a complete anomaly with a starting a quarterback and a coach who have been together for 10 years. Yes. Noah, there is probably not another quarterback in this current league that has I'll had give, I'll give you another team that was stable for at least ten to twelve years. The Saints. Saints had stability. But again, the Saints, were, Saints were always Saints were always feared. They were but, always feared. But Matt, to John's point, it's the same thing. The whole time it was coach quarterback. You go mm-hmm. back to the to the Patriots, coach quarterback. You go back to <laughs> When the Steelers were a legitimate threat in the AFC, coach quarterback. You you look at the Chiefs now, coach quarterback. You look at the Seahawks, coach quarterback. And you know, I would I would caution. And what do we got? Teams, Rock, paper, scissors. That's where I, we and go. I would I would caution teams like the Seahawks because you know they may be tired of Russell Wilson wanting more say in things, but he's only thirty three and he's still playing. I mean, he's not playing it. You know, twenty five. Green Bay is another one. Quick side note, quick, quick side note. Mm -hmm. Isn't it funny how this whole Russell Wilson and Aaron like Rogers things, it's like they want to do it. And, you know, the fan base is kind of like push them out halfway at the door. And it's like, oh, well, you know, they don't appreciate the lack of loyalty. We did that with Big Nab and Andy. And we were the biggest pieces of shit fan bases in the world. When when it's just so crazy how every other city gets away with whatever they want as a fan base. And then whenever we do something that's, you know, I, I think, to, you know, a fan base acceptable thing, we're somehow the pieces of shit and Santa Claus. Well, you know what? And not not to, complete, not to completely change the subject, we can we can. But like I mentioned on the text thread, uh, you know, a couple of days ago, I asked if anyone watched Malice of the Palace, right? Malice of Malice at the Palace documentary at Netflix. And that ran through my head, too, Bill. It was like. Here's the most disgraceful thing that probably happened in all professional sports history. And no one, no one holds the, the city of Detroit responsible for that for the years after. 
right? But like Philly, you know, 65 fucking years ago, we throw batteries at somebody and we hear about it ever since. It's like... I think we need to... Un- sorry, Jessica. I'm sorry. Well, two things. Like, I, I'm going to circle back. Like, Wilson... Russell Wilson is still a quarterback that can win you a Super Bowl. So, if you move on from him, you better be goddamn sure you know what you're doing. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the Jets have already found out that, you know, Sam Darnold probably isn't the greatest thing on earth, but he looks pretty good in, in Carolina. And the... the, 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 the Eagles. The you new fuck around and you found out, son. The new kid looks like he fucking sucks. So there's so there's that. But then, you know, you never hear the, the nuance and the context of things. And, you know, you always hear the fucking so, snowballs of Santa Claus. And they never say the context of, you know, the Eagles were having a historically bad season. It was, it was the week of Christmas. All they needed to fucking do was lose that goddamn game and they could draft OJ and it would turn the franchise around. And what did the fucking Eagles do? They won the game. And they dragged out some Santa called out because there was snow, so he didn't show up. So they dragged some poor drunk kid out of the out of the stands to be Santa. And the fans were so livid at watching a terrible team all year. All they had to do was lose. It was the only game they would have been fine with them losing. And all those assholes had to do was lose it. And they couldn't even do that right. Now, granted, you know OJ goes and then murders people at the I end. I was going to say I, bl- I blame OJ, but it. it but I mean, if the Eagles drafted OJ, that that ten year span of the Eagles might have been completely different, and that's why they were throwing fucking snowballs at, at Santa Claus. But you know, there's that you know the context is is never brought up. It's just our bad, you know, it's our constant alleged bad behavior. And then when you have these like soft bitch motherfuckers like Simmons who refuses to shoot, and in the playoffs you have the entire stadium cheering this little dickhead when he makes a free throw but they don't ever fucking talk about that i know i know they didn't it's like it's like it's it's that's like that's like the shit you did when like we were what 12 years old playing cer it's like you made a free throw it's like that's when like you were supposed to go nuts for making a foul shot when you're learning i don't know the the fundamentals of basketball so yeah, it's I. I think I think the the whole. I mean, you could start a whole episode on a podcast here just about the Eagles fans or Philly fans in general. I'm not just going to say Eagles fans, but I've had numerous conversations with people that I've met recently and talking about, you know, their Steelers fans, their Saints fans, so on and so forth, and you know. I would never go to an Eagles game or this, that, and the other thing. If I did, I would still wear my jersey. And, you know, that whole mindset of us being degenerate fans, I agree, is is made up a little bit by the media. But at the same token, you know, moving forward in the next 15, 20 years, I think going back to what I originally said here was that, like, we need to kind of look in the mirror, too. I don't want to I don't want to say that we need to change, but we kind of do a little bit as fans, it's not, you know, it's not cool now to go to Pat Stakes after a drunken night in Eagles game and kill somebody. It's not cool to punch somebody in the parking lot because they're wearing a Vikings jersey. It's, it's also not, not. It's, it's also not cool to to to, to talk to talk shit about a guy who's you know playing for this city 
and putting up MVP numbers and constantly trash the guy night, night, night in and night out. It's just not cool, John. Does whatever he can to help I the mean, team win. It's just not cool. Hey, I'm not. I'm not. You know, putting flaming bags of dog shit on his front doorstep. <laughs> it's just my opinion. Yet, I mean, I yet, mean, Bill. Right? Bill. Bill wants to, you know, take Jalen Hurts and and throw him in the garbage, and you know I'm a little bit more uh, realistic about it. He, you know, he, he, hate, he hates the GM of this of this organization too. You know, I mean, whatever it is, what it is. Everyone's got different opinions, but as fans overall, like to your point, Matt, like yes, if this team goes five and twelve, and the city, like for instance, let me step back for a second. Jesse posted that thing about ninety four point one. And how the next day they posted that um, link, like, are you something about the quarterback? Like, yeah. would it be or better to have Flacco as our quarterback? Or something? No, and like, that's my point. Or, like, it was Hurts or Wentz. That's my point. Like, that shit. To your point, Matt creates this sort of buzz that the Twitter trolls love and the sports radio guys love to sort of drum up bullshit. And yeah. part of that problem. Well, they're very good at it. Part of the problem, there was an article today about how Ben Simmons knows that people were going to come to the Camden facility and boo him if he showed up to training camp. Oh, now, whether that was a made-up thing or not, some booze. It, it, like, it's something shoot, that shoot the damn basketball. We won't boo. Listen, it's it, it's also about it. Also goes into the Bryce Harper thing when you sign a three hundred million dollar contract. In the city of Philadelphia, there are expectations. Is the gentleman playing well right now? Yes. Should it be a surprise? Absolutely not. Every year, he should be an MVP caliber player no matter what because of the contract that he signed and the city that he's in. Now, we put a lot of that pressure on him as fans, but that comes with signing here, right? It's like if you have a really nice car and you park it in a shitty neighborhood, chances are you might come out and the tires and wheels are off of it, right? It's it's the same thing. Like it's a chance. Well, and and well, it's a chance for him and a chance for us too, right? Well, and the 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 wild thing with that that whole rumor was like, I've been to concerts since they put that thing there, where the yeah, six practice. I think all of us have. Like, you can't get anywhere near the gates. To well, like I said, whether that listen, whether that was listen, a real listen, thing or he's not, he's worried about he's worried about something that never didn't even happen. That in itself ought to tell you something. Like you're not you're not a you're not a true professional. Like I'm sorry, you can't you can't mask out uh, and 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 zone out uh, a, a bunch of booze. From a handful of like a fraction of your fan base, like get a life, move on. Then, well, then, we, we 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 don't want you here. Then you know what? Too then the same stake that everyone wants to put through Howie's heart needs to also be on Elton Brand and this. I'm, I'm using Elton Brand as the GM. Daryl Morley, Morley, excuse me, a little less now because it's only his first year. But because he didn't make him sign the contract, he didn't offer the contract. But then Elton Brand needs to be held responsible for this situation because he's the one, along with the ownership group, that gave Ben Simmons this contract. They're also the same guys that are giving well, I also Joel think by, the, by hiring Daryl Morey, you, you put you put you know, one foot, you know, Elton Brand had one foot out the door already. So, like, 
I think they brought Daryl Morey into as damage control, to be honest with you, because he started making moves to try to to try to fix the whole thing. In my opinion, he's the one that they brought in to try to entertain uh, trade offers very early on for Ben Simmons early in the year. So I think you know, and they knew that he had the negotiate, he had the connections, and and was able, if anyone was going to be able to work out some sort of negotiations with a team to get something for Ben Simmons. And if it wasn't going to be at, at the midpoint of the year, it's going to be now. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, I mean, that's how I took it all along. Like they brought in Maury because they knew that Brand, you know, he, he, he messed up. He, yeah. he didn't, he, he didn't, he, he didn't do his job. He wasn't ready for to be a GM. He, I mean, he, he's, you know, he, he, he should have came in. He should have been in a situation like he could have been hired as an assistant when Daryl's already here. Right. But putting him in, in that spot, he wasn't he wasn't ready for that. I think there was I think Brett Brown had a huge factor into that uh, Ben extension, um, you know, and I still think that uh, Ben salty about uh, about Brett being gone because I guarantee Brett cuddled his little hiney every night after every game like. When I, you know, on the way to the bus, when they're at the oh, team, protect you know, him a thousand percent, and protect And you know, like it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay, man. You're gonna do better. And you know, it's. I mean, where Doc's just like, dude, fuck you. You're getting paid thirty mil. Shoot the ball, dude. I don't know if you're a champion point guard. You just lost to a five-seven point guard who showed heart, like yeah. Iverson. The eight, eight, eight turnovers. What the, what the hell is that? The, no, the I mean, interesting thing with with what's going on with Ben is that rumor that, or not rumor, but like the reporters now, there's now rumblings that the commissioner is going 100%. to. 100%. This is bad. Yeah, I mean, this is it's bad. It's bad, dude. This is so going. Four you have four years left. Like, this is, well, like, Jesse said. I don't, like, I don't blame this at all on Ben Simmons at all anymore. I don't. I'm, 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 there's, there's no point of even blaming Ben. Well, no, but so. Not showing up to the team if he doesn't show up. That's not his fault for not showing up. If he, if he doesn't do that. Where I'm going with this, though, is. This is. I'll, I'll, I'll let you finish. We'll go back to that. I've, I've said it in the, the text thread. Like this is going to be the op- the opening salvo in a war between the owners and the players, and there will absolutely be a lockout. There's going to be a lockout in baseball, and you can bet your ass there's going to be a lockout in basketball because the owners are tired of this bullshit. They are tired of the way the, the players f- league, and this is what happens now. It's gone to the extreme. You give these guys an inch. And now look what happens. Guys, get back deals. I don't want to play here anymore because my coach was mean to me in the media. And, <laughs> and like they've got, they've got guaranteed contracts that you yep. can't get out of. So And these players are just be like, oh, I saw – I read something today and I don't want to play. So you've got guys in the New York market just refusing to play games if they're in a bad mood. You've got now Ben Simmons saying, I don't care. I'm not going to play. Find me. on yeah. four, four years left on a max deal – if the commissioner is now getting involved in this, it's going to get ugly. And Kyrie saying, "If you trade me, I'll retire." Like, and then yeah, you know, then the agent walked it back. Dude, oh, you're going to say that bullshit. There, there's going to be a lockout in the NBA because the owners are tired of this. The owners want what the NFL has. They want non-guaranteed contracts. If these guys act like dickheads, you're gone. We owe That's you. How it should be. I, I mean, I mean, I'm, you know, not that it can't be any guaranteed, but. Giving a guy six years, hundred, you know, whatever, fifty million, hundred eighty million dollars, and doesn't. I mean, again, I know sports entertainment's not a real job. I'm not trying to equate it to us, 
But just in theory, like you don't give an, I mean, most places don't give an actor, Hey, we're going to give you $20 million to do five more movies. If you want, it's just like, not, you know, not that you can't pay these guys a little bit more than a couple of years, but given these six, seven, I, I, I just don't understand. Like, mm-hmm. I, well, I, I understand why, because and it goes back to what we said earlier. And I'll let John go back to the Ben Simmons point, how you don't blame him because he's been waiting is that money is just ruining professional sports, free agency, money, because it goes back to teams. Yeah, they, they try to win championships, most teams that are really good. But the majority of teams, like like Josh Harris, he wants to win, and I don't doubt that. But he is happier than a pig and shit selling out every night because we're a 50-win regular season team, and we're going to be in the hunt. That is any pro sports team's like wet dream. Always be good in the hunt and keep those seats filled. And let's be real. If they if they play like shit, he will have no hesitation picking up the 76ers and moving them to fucking North Jersey. Well, I think you just said something very interesting, Phil. The only reason why this was okay to get to the point that where it is is because everyone made money on it. Oh, yeah. Everyone's pockets were being lined. And if, if everyone's pockets weren't being lined, I guarantee you it wouldn't have gotten to this point. But they allowed it to get to the point where it's just out of control because everyone could just turn a blind eye to it because their pockets are being lined. So shame on it. I don't know. Shame on everyone. What's your I mean, I, I, no, I, I think I think everyone has a little piece bit of, bit of the pie, but I, I'm done blaming Ben Simmons for it. Because at some point, the Sixers were enablers. And I blame the ownership well, in the a league, whole. The league, too. The not, league. It's, it's, not, it's not so much the league, no, because the Sixers offered him a max contract. The Sixers offered him a max contract with, with the expectations. Floor, with that floor. With the, with, the, with, the, with the expectations that he would improve his game and he would hopefully hit – shoot three pointers. The head coach of the team, when he got his max contract said, I want Ben Simmons to shoot 10 threes or a three a game or whatever. Yeah. He shot like 14 in a year Yep. or something like totally. He didn't hold up, didn't hold up his end of the bargain. So shame on the ownership for letting this get to the point where it's gotten to the, to this degree, because they could have very easily last year or the year before that, because they gave him the contract in tw- – he got $30 million this year, so he, he signed it two years ago. They yeah. easily could have saw the running on the wall and pulled the trigger at that point. They no. didn't because they think – and to Matt's point, and they sell you on Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, and it was never going to work. So, of course, the, the fan base is, is pissy and sour now. I would be too. You told me for years we're going to suck – to get to this point, now we've gotten to this point, and and no one wants to play in the sandbox anymore. So it's like, it, it, I like I'm I'm sick of I'm sick of and like oh ben it's Ben this too John. And but, they shouldn't they should 100 find him and not let him. Co- he doesn't have to come, and they should just find him, find him, find him, find him, find him, and let that be the example. The problem with that will be Philadelphia will turn will get the Sixers will turn into a place where no player will want to come. 
No, they already that's, don't. They already and that's the problem. Here. They already don't want to come you also here. Can't I, trade for anything. Like, no, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think people don't want to come here. I think people absolutely do, do want to come here. Yeah, they because want to go out. Joe, Joe is a draw. I mean, I think you have two years of him and he's done. But after that, like, you, that's why you need to fix this immediately. But you can't. And and the the blame here, again, like, I don't blame Ben. I'm done blaming Ben. He's I, obvious I ignorant to the fact. As and much I think as John, I love Joel, well. and I think that leads into the Sixers' frustration is we had the years of losing. We're at the pinnacle. We have a Batman, and we have no Robin for Batman, and we know it, and we know it, and we know we're not going to get Beal or Lillard. Just we can say we're holding on, and it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen, and we're going to waste Joel's best years. You're right, John, and that's why I think the, the the true Sixers fans who know the team, know the sport, like no. We all know that we have probably wasted Joel's career for championship. One hundred percent. And, and then, it's like he had. But I think he's got a fault. He's got some fault to that too, though. He he, he waited. Does. He I, waited I in his first couple years of being lazy and eating shit. Shape, being I also think that I also think that like John, you said, you know, Joel's a draw. But there's a part of me that starts to, that that is starting to believe that. Not not everyone in in the league loves Joel. Like, no. Oh, he's very he's very polarized. He's a, he's an acquired taste. Yeah, but I mean, he's a he, shit talking big man who dominates you when he comes to town. So he's gonna have haters. It's just that simple. But, I mean, yeah. The right, but, but he also sorry Jesse, one second, real quick. He he also he's a draw from a ticket sale standpoint. Well, yeah, he's, no, but I'm talking about players wanting to come here. We're talking about players wanting to come here. I think that it's it's not that easy with Joel. Well, I mean, there's um, there's, there's guys that hate him but would love to play with him. They yeah, I mean, he's that. Yeah, I mean, and you know that having a guy like that to play with on, I mean, come on now, that's insane. I mean, so, so why would someone like Damian Lillard or Bradley Beal not want to come here? No, they they would. I'm just saying that I don't think I don't think Ben Simmons and Maxi are enough to get a Beal or a Lillard. And so I, why? But then give him five first round picks. Who cares? I, I I think I mean that's the thing. It's like I don't. I'm 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 afraid that somebody and and I don't know who necessarily, but I just feel like I don't know. I just feel like we had Jimmy Butler and he was the guy Joel needed and we gave him away. Like that was the, the to me the death of the process. I, I mean, I him. think I think I think there's only one. I mean. Lillard's the only guy that I think is the one that will get us over the hump. I don't Beal's see. Good. I, I don't Beal's see good. it in Beal. I don't see it in Beal. Dude, Beal's mm-hmm. number two in the league in scoring. Like, and that's what Joel needs. Joel seems the guy who can put up thirty. Number two in the league in scoring. But he doesn't have the postseason experience. Well, he doesn't have that. us. I mean, he played yeah, a little. But that's you know, that's not that's not game on the line. You know, uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Like, well, I mean, I mean, you're not. I mean, we're not going to get like Steph or somebody like that. So, I mean, Beal or Beal or Lillard, I think are the. Uh, I would. That's what I'm saying. I think Lillard is that guy. I think Lillard's proven he wants the ball in his hands. He can hit that yeah, game-winning shot. He can arise at occasion. I don't think Bradley Beal is that guy. I think he's a great talent, but I don't. If, if you're telling us we have two years with Joel Embiid, we got to get Lillard. I mean, that's just it. There's one guy and, we got to get. And I hate to say this, but even if you got Lillard, you're not beating the Nets. You're not beating the Lakers. You're not beating not, Golden State with Clay beating, coming back. We're not beating the healthy Nets. That's you're you not know. right. You're not beating uh, 
uh, um, the Bucks. Like, so that that's also another variable here. It's a lot different in the NBA as far as like there's there's four teams that you have to beat, right? So, and, and from a basketball perspective, yeah, it's great to have a big two or a big big three, but you know, today, in today's NBA, as we saw with the Bucks, you really you really don't need that. If you got one guy who plays his balls off, you, you could beat anybody. So. Nah, Chris, Chris, Chris Middleton averaged almost 30 a game. He played out of his mind. He played, he played out of, he played like a top 20 NBA player for the playoffs. He 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 yes, up. but he's, he's not, he's not a superstar. He's not, but he played he's like one. He right, right. If you can get somebody to catch lightning in a bottle, 100%. And, he did that. and I think, but I think. there's also Drew Holiday on that team. Yeah, no, there's I mean, also, they went over yeah. the luxury tax. I mean, they went over the luxury yeah. tax with this team. Yeah. I mean, they went all in, and they I, well, it's I'm not just crazy. like I might be. I might be crazy, but I feel like I feel like if the Sixers played the Bucks, I think I I I think we have a shot to beat the Bucks to get to the finals. I still believe. I guess that. I just don't know with what team though, Matt. With with Ben Simmons on the team, I don't know. I mean, I no, guess not with Ben, not with Ben, not with Ben. But you you give me Lillard with Joel. Um, I mean, I I feel like we have a shot. I mean, I mean, Joel is arguably a top three. I mean, he's top five minimum, but top three player in the NBA, arguably. And those usually win, but he, you know, he, just, and he knows how to break Giannis down. And but we just don't have. I mean, but it's just. I think that's as a fan base. I don't know. I guess I just see it as, you know, if Lillard really, really wanted to be here, he would he would force his way out. And not that he doesn't want to be here, wouldn't want to play here. I think he's too loyal to Portland to really want to bounce. Like they're going to have to really shit the bed for him to want to leave. Like they're going to, and and they're too good to shit the bed. I think. So it's like, I don't know. I'm just I'm fucking the Sixers make me fucking depressed. We're gonna get we're gonna get John Wall, and we're gonna just have to be happy with that. Oh my god! No, the, that would be the worst thing to happen. The but you know the the interesting thing because you brought up, uh, you know the, how they coddled, um, Ben. No, I don't think they coddled coddled him, Jesse. Well, I think they they, they no, they enabled him. There's a difference. There's a difference. One hundred percent. There's there's so many uh, you you can draw so many parallels between him and the the ex quarterback of the Eagles that was made of glass. You know, a guy that was enabled and coddled, and they never. You know, the, it, it's the the both organizations. Neither one of them had the foresight to be like three years ago, be, be or two even two years ago. Be like, this is starting to maybe we ought to uh, get ahead of this a little bit and and pull them aside real quick, pull them into an office and just be like, bro, shit ain't gonna fly no more. Well, you know what the similarities are, Jesse. Look at what the Eagles gave up to get Carson. Yeah. Right. Look at what the Sixers had to do to get that number one pick to ultimately draft Ben Simmons. So they were going to do everything in their power to, to, you know, make sure that they, they, they were represented as still like the shiny new penny, you know, that they can do no wrong, you know, and that's where the enabling and the coddling come in, you know, because they were just trying to protect their egos because they knew what they had to give up to get these guys and then when they realized they weren't working out, they were like, oh, uh, 
what do we do now? Type of thing. The and difference now, between the difference between Ben Simmons and Carson Wentz is, in my opinion, Carson Wentz had the talent. Carson Wentz can't stay healthy. That's right. his biggest problem. Ben Simmons, I don't want to say doesn't have talent, but no, he, he has the talent. He, he has talent, but he just won't do one of the main He's just wrong. Ca- characteristics He's just wrong. of being a basketball player. I mean, again, it's like it's like being a pitcher and you can only throw – I mean, it's a bad example, but like I don't know. I'm trying to think of a good example of like a player that can't do something that should be able to do it. It's like a NASCAR driver that can't go left. He can only go right. Well, you're not going to be a NASCAR driver. You know what I mean? Like a bad example, but you know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't like Carson this, this Wentz example, couldn't throw like, past three yards. It's, he had – he could do that. It's like Ricky Williams. Like – that dude had so much talent, he just couldn't keep his head fucking straight. You know, it's like you're looking at it, you're watching him, and you're just like, dude, if you just did this, if you just did this, you could go from like. He's a little different only because he had a belief system. Like, he like believed in like. Yeah, we, that's like, what I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's he not believed the best, in it. He's not the he best wasn't example. Like a guy made a punk. No, but he I'm was, saying, like, he's not the best example. Yeah, but, no, like, I know what you mean. But yeah, like. Matt. Matt, you know who would be a better example, and you'll laugh at me, but I'm I'm dead serious. Allen Iverson. Yeah. To your point, you if 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 Allen Iverson yeah, could get his just, could get his head, out of, head out of his ass. Exactly. Exactly. And actually just put the work in because he had so much God-given talent. And if he just refined it, like, and that's the thing, it's like everything else in life, as years go by, the wards go away, and you remember the good stuff. I mean, we forget the Iverson games when he had 34 on 30 shots and 12 turnovers. Like, he wasn't – like, he was great, but those are the things that kept us from being an elite team. Like, he didn't put the work in. Then if he did, he would have been truly unstoppable. And he didn't want – he didn't want anyone coming coming here. No, because he wanted his 38. He yeah. wanted to get that. He wanted to get paid. Uh, the, the Orioles are now winning in the 10th. I hate everything, Jesse. I love <laughs> It's oh my God. Like I swear to God, we do all this, and then you know, and then you know, and then the the, the Orioles. You know what's going to happen, Jesse? We're going to sweep the Braves and then get swept by the Marlins. You watch, yeah. That's what's well, and happen. you know, to to John's point earlier in the podcast with you know trading Harper, you know the we're so we're we're you know two pitchers and a and a closer away from being a, a good team. If you trade Harper, you're even farther away. And if you trade Harper, that means JT's going to want out. And then, you know, Reese is probably going to want out. And then you have to rebuild the whole fucking thing. And it's not like we have any sort of farm system to to really, you know, stand on because we pissed away uh, How Spencer Howard. He's gone now. He was our best pitching prospect. We ruined him. We're ruining Alec Bohm right now. We've ruined Mickey Moniak or on the process of ruining Mickey Moniak. We've already ruined um, the other fucking dickhead outfielder that we brought up and gave too much money too too quick in his career you know so it, it so it's the the problem is if you trade harper and and you look at all these teams that have traded players and they get not you the prospects are such a a a, 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 a an absolute lottery ticket you know and the problem is we're so bad at develop developing prospects right now you know you give up harper 
you know, what are you going to get? Like you look at when we traded Hunter Pence, we got nothing in return for him. When we traded Cliff Lee, we got nothing in return for him. When we traded Cole Hamels, we got nothing back. You know, you, you look at those players and we traded them and they still had plenty of nowhere near as much life on the tread as, as Harper. I mean, if we're trading Harper as the reigning NL MVP, you know, even if you got a, a team who can draft well and you got their top four prospects, chances are none of them are ready to come up for a year or two. And at that point, then what? You, 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 and you have to trade, you would end up having to trade everybody. You'd have to trade um, Wheeler because he's going to want out. God knows what's wrong with Nola. You know, the biggest problem with the Philadelphia Phillies, beyond the fact that uh, they can't draft and develop their own players, they've got a fucking owner that's a giant piece of shit. They have a guy who the only thing he did in his entire life was be born and then managed to not sell his father's cigar company till it was worth, you know, $4 billion. That's, but, he, that's the, but he got you Bryce Harper. Yeah, that's great. But my, but my point is, so, you know, when, when the, the, the story was, and he was beloved for it when it, when it happened and now it's turned into this, you know, him supposedly in the Yankees, in the visiting clubhouse at Yankee stadium, I want my fucking trophy back. I'll do whatever I can to get my fucking trophy back. Saying that apparently to, you know, Ryan Howard and, and the rest of the team. And he's done what? Over, oversee a decade, a decade of not making the playoffs. Boy, that sure is anything. And in the last two years, when all you needed was another pitcher, all you needed was to just go over the luxury tax. That's all you needed to do. Go over the luxury tax. He didn't want that fucking trophy that bad then, and he sure as shit didn't want it that bad this year. Like all you needed was a competent third, th- three or four pitcher. That's it, and a bullpen guy. Can I ask a question? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that much about baseball, but I know uh-huh. a little bit about baseball. Uh-huh. Why is it that during the right before the All Star the trade deadline, like? You, you only have so much you can get, right? Because whatever team wants to deal, do deals with you, that's all you can do. Can you go to triple a or the Dominican or somewhere and just go down there with your scouts and be like, man, this guy plays for triple a Dominicano. I'd like to sign you to a, to a deal and just bring you up to the Phillies to try you out. Yeah. You can do stuff like that, but like some of those guys have to go through, some of them have to go through like an international, uh, almost like a draft where like every team has a chance. And the- but you can so so. But here's my question: Why couldn't they, meaning the Phillies, if they were so hot to trot to fix the bullpen, fix pitching? Why couldn't they have brought in three, four, five guys from AAA and just said, "Okay, you guys are getting thrown in the fire, whoever." Whoever can pitch the best is going to stay here. Well, I mean, because that well, 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 two things. For one, the Phillies used to have a tremendous uh, farm system in the in the Caribbean and and Central America. Uh, the owners closed it because they didn't want to spend the money on it. So now they are behind the eight ball with a lot of teams. The other issue is so a lot of these better international players that are coming in that aren't like draft eligible. Mm-hmm. You have to bid for them and they don't want to bid. They don't want to spend that money. They don't want to spend that money 
in the in in Central and South America because they like to talk about how much money they and how badly they want to win, and then every chance they get to prove it, they don't. Uh, so, for example, in the draft, you there's a gentleman's agreement that you will not pay over slot for a player. So, pick four is worth five dollars. Or, you know, pick four is worth $500. Pick five is worth $475. You know, you know, so every pick is slotted. But there's no law that says you can't pay over slot. There's a gentleman's agreement that you won't do it. The deadbeat Phillies are one of those teams that honor that agreement. The teams like the Dodgers don't give two flying fucks about that so agreement. They get, the, they get the pick and they get the pickings. Because so I'll what, pay you whatever. Well, so what happens is, let's say you, John Mathers, are pissed off that you're not going to be number one. You're you're the third best prospect, but you want to be paid like the first. Your 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 um your team can then go out and say he's not signing it. It's at number three slot. He's only signing at number one slot. So then you start to fall down the draft board until you get to a team like the Dodgers who doesn't give a shit. And they're like, Oh, you want first, you want number one slot money. Cool. Here it is. Anything else? So it's there. There's all these things that they do, you know? So yeah, they, they spent too much money on Bryce and they didn't, they didn't bring in a competent bullpen and they didn't bring in a, a competent four, four or five. Those are true, but there are things that the owner could have done and just doesn't because he doesn't want to spend the money. And he's a fucking billionaire playing in the fourth largest media market in the country. There's zero excuses. I think there's also, there's also a lot of, and listen, you guys know how much I, what I think of Bryce Harper, but I think a lot of that also should be directed towards guys like JT, um, Reese Hoskins, uh, Boom, McCutcheon, like those were also guys that the Phillies fan base essentially was sold on to help Bryce go to the playoffs. Yeah. You know, J- JT Real Muto isn't making, you know, pennies. He's, he's making getting, a pretty decent contract. He's, he's getting paid a lot of money. Right. You know, Aaron Nola had ups and downs all season, right? He's a guy who's, he's not getting paid a ton of money, but he's getting paid, you know, so I guess a lot of that anger and angst, you know, maybe shouldn't be so much for Bryce Harper, but also for a couple of other key free agent acquisitions that, you know, haven't really played up to snuff to help out Bryce Harper. Because yeah, I mean, they, they re-signed Didi for, for pretty big money. He's batting 211 this year. Or I'm sorry, batting. Yeah. He's batting 211 this year. Like, I just don't understand. Like it, it's, it's, I don't even know how it works in the NBA, but like, why couldn't you at free agency or the end of uh, the trade deadline, go to like Asia and, and find, you know, one of the best pitchers that plays in one of their leagues and bring him over and sign him because those those guys have to go through the, the posting process. That's how, that's how the angels got Otani they were willing to bid more money than anybody else to get him. So so it comes down to a bidding thing and there's probably a time limit. Yeah. Like now you can scout. What what, what about Cole Hamels? I know he was trash, but like, why not just bring him in? They didn't want to spend the money. They didn't because it would have put him over the luxury tax. Got it. 
Okay. Now, and I mean, I get it. This team is flawed, and the way the luxury tax is set up, every time you go over the luxury tax in concurrent years, the penalty is, is, starts to get worse. And it's set up to eventually make it so unpleasant that you back off. It's like when in our draft, when we had to, to shoot Hennessy, when you fucked up, you know, it's maybe the first one isn't enough to, to, good years. to get your attention, but the <laughs> second black, black is, 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 black. is definitely enough. And so that's the thing. So you could say, well, you know, they're a flawed team. They're, they're not going to do it this year. So they don't want to go over the luxury tax, but that's the excuse they're trotting out every single fucking year. And right. it's like, at some point, you need to tear the Band-Aid off and go over the luxury tax to get into the playoffs and then see what you got. And, I mean, you do have a, a, a GM now that has built teams and has zero fucks to give about trading guys and isn't married to anybody on this roster. He didn't sign Harper. He didn't sign JT. He didn't sign, you know, uh, Didi to that ridiculous deal. Like, he didn't do any of these things. So, and from Harper's perspective, like, listen, like if you don't make the playoffs this year, I've literally played 30% of my contract and we haven't even sniffed the playoffs. And that's where I say, like, there's a lot of pressure and he's remember he was number one overall pick, like, you know, MVP previously, like rookie of the year, like a lot of pressure for him to go out and get hardware. Right. So, mm-hmm. That push might come to shove at some point and be like, listen, you guys tried, but listen, I'm, 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 he's, what is he now? 28? Is he 28? He's 28. So come on, man. Three more years of him. Like you sniff the playoffs maybe once. You hope maybe you get to the World Series. But if not, like he's probably trying to get out of here. And that's where I sort of, I I see the Ben Simmons, the Ben Simmons, uh, it's going to be a new adjective, a Ben Simmonsing. Like, I'm not playing for you guys anymore. Get rid of me. I want to go to a team that can put not, – not that Ben's saying that, but put me in a contender. I want to go to a contender. I mean, at least, you know, you – it's tough because you you look at the the things that Bryce does. You know, right now he's the best player on the team. He's the best player in baseball in in, in his league. You know, like – those are things that, that Simmons has never done. And I, I I mean, he keeps saying all the right things that, you know, he doesn't want to move teams. He wants to end his career in Philly. And, you know, he's pandering the fuck out of being a Philly and being a Philly guy. And that's cool. And I get it. He gets it. And like, he's a QAnon idiot from fucking Las Vegas. Like if this dude can't get, if this dude gets it, like, what's the fucking, what's the excuse for some of these other guys? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. JT just won the game. Speaking of the devil. Um, so, you know, if, if, if they can't, if, if he gets it, what's the excuse for some of these guys that don't, you know, like, so, and, and I mean, hopefully I'm, I hate the Phillies, but I love the Phillies. We willed that win. Let's just say that we just hopefully, willed it. <laughs> hopefully, with my with my tie dye hat. Hopefully, um, yeah. Hopefully they they get their shit together this off season. But yeah, Dombrowski doesn't care. He'll fucking trade people. 
He doesn't care. I hope they get rid of Girardi. And, it, and you know, the irony is when we got Girardi, everybody was so excited because what he did with the Yankees, and we assumed that it was because he was a good manager, and it's really because he had a roster, one, with the best closer ever in baseball, a stacked ro- rotation, and a whole shitload of, you know, first ballot Hall of Famers on his team. He didn't have to do anything. There's no double switches. There's no nothing. You get to the eighth inning and you fuck. If if your guy can't get there, you put Riviera in Rivera in for 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 five outs and he'll do it. And he'll do it the next night. He'll do it the next night. This dude had zero responsibility and he was able to win. He comes here where he doesn't have Lamborghinis and Ferraris at every position, and he looks like a fucking buffoon. Who, who has zero interest in being here, by the way. Like, you you listen to his press conferences and everything. This dude is about as checked out as Urban Myers is. I don't so know if Andy Pettit was still on that team, too. Yeah, like, that team was... was CC so, Sabathia, Joe Chamberlain, remember him? <laughs> well, and, and Matt Suey, and... Um, like, that looked like a good team. And to share, uh, was on that team. And, oh, and, and your buddy, Jared, Jeter. <laughs> he's not a good shortstop. He's not a whole thing. I'm sorry. He's not, he wasn't even the best shortstop on his own team. Like no darn. you, you look at his career versus Jimmy Rollins and you take out the ridiculous runs in the postseason that they had because of the team that he played on. Jimmy Rollins was a better player overall. And, and I'll, 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 I'll go to my deathbed with that, but Jimmy Rollins is a better player than Derek Jeter ever was. So I think we can wrap this episode on one thing that based on what Jesse just said was he said he hates the Phillies, but he loves the Phillies. And I think all four of us share that same, that same kinship with these teams is that as much as we hate them at times and we want to write them off, we wake up the next day and we put on their shirt or we put on their hat or we, we, we Google them and we just because he's down inside for some fucked up reason, we care about them and, and we want to see them do good. Right. So I don't know, guys. I mean, we've talked about a lot of stuff. This was a juicy episode. This was a great, a great bounce back episode. Um, any parting, parting comments? I mean, me, I'll go first. Again, I want. I hope Jalen Hurts is the guy, and I hope by the next time we record, Ben Simmons is no longer a Sixer. Next, who's next? Obviously, Bill. John. <laughs> Oh, do you want me to go? I yeah. thought I was I was handing it to Bill. I mean, and then Bill, and then Bill, and then Bill bounced it back to you, John. Okay. Um, parting words: Have a little patience with the Eagles, everyone. A little patience. I know some of us are, you know, anti-Eagles, but um, have a little bit of patience. I think that in the long term, the uh, the road we're headed down is going to be much better than people think. Um, just have a little patience. 
Bill. <laughs> Back to Chuck. <laughs> I'm exhausted. This Phillies, all these teams exhaust me. I just, I can't with them right now. There's no optimism, but whatever. I still watch. I'm a sucker. Next. <laughs> Jesse. You know what? Just go, birds. Oh. That's all we needed. Give, give it, give it one more time, Jesse, with enthusiasm. Go, birds. <laughs>